You're listening to the Hard Men Podcast, reclaiming biblical masculinity in a world of softness. Welcome to the Trash Cats Trash Cast. I'm Richard. I'm Steven. And today we announce our official declaration of war. Today we begin the Holy War. We have decided to spend the next year fucking with a podcast that we hate. As of today, September 20th, 2023, we officially declare war with the Hard Men Podcast. <laughs> A shitty Christian men's rights podcast. I still can't get over that name. How did they choose that? Yeah, that's, I mean. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. Dude, do you remember um, General Butt Naked? Absolutely. Not a day yeah. goes by, I don't think about General <laughs> Butt Naked. I'm Butt Naked. Just did a bunch of cocaine mixed with gunpowder. I'm I'm ready for this. Oh, man, you you are ready to go. You're one step ahead of me. It's, it's pitch black. I'm covered in blood. This is going to get crazy. It's going to get weird in here. <laughs> <laughs> the Hard Men Podcast is hosted by none other than our boy, Eric Kahn. Now, Eric used to be a gun magazine writer and is, or at least has been, a pastor. Two things that you would have to be a brain-dead, confused, Christian, bearded man-child to consider combining. But Eric's not your average pastor. He's a real piece of shit with the beard and the balls to say the things most men are too scared to say. Oh, boy. Eric claims to be the type of man who, quote, knows what it is to give and take a life. Oh. <laughs> Just this mercenary <laughs> preacher out on a mission. Yeah, no big deal. I got guns and I write about them. <laughs> <laughs> he often calls for biblical strength by way of willingness to do violence for his big bearded sky daddy. Despite Eric's constant lust for violence, he typically is too spineless to demand it himself. Typically, he hides behind the quotes of the other radical believers that he interviews and endorses. One of the more telling quotes he stands by reads, quote, Prophets don't dress themselves soft. <laughs> they don't have effeminate bearing. They don't dress and talk and carry themselves like women. Prophets aren't gay. John the Baptist was a man's man, and men who want to enter the kingdom of God will imitate him. Like John the Baptist, violent men will take the kingdom of heaven by force. That last line pretty much says everything about Eric and his podcast. It's pretty dead on. And I I really like when we were discussing this, you, you were the one that pointed it out. He has all kinds of very extreme violent quotes, but he almost never says them himself. He almost always gets a friend of his, a book passage, something to say it for him, because he doesn't want to declare violence himself. Yeah, yeah. Now, Eric's whole shtick is that he thinks men have become too soft, effeminate, and godless. And he tends to put a lot of the blame on other sissified pastors, in his words, women in general, and gay men specifically. Yet he mostly preaches about how men can get hard. <laughs> Yet he mostly preaches about how men can get hard with God. 
<laughs> in conclusion, Eric and the Hard Men podcast are exactly the type of bullshit that makes the world a horrible place. <laughs> These gun-sucking nail lickers are judgmental with confidence and ignorant with faith. Never having met this man, I passionately hate him, his dumb church, and his imaginary god. Amen. <laughs> if hard men like Eric had their way, they would strip away our freedoms and dominate the world with their biblical violence. But the truth is, they're just mentally ill losers. They're delusional, control fetishists who are outdated and too weak to think for themselves and let other people exist freely. Eric Kahn is just a con man, a weak, spineless coward hawking snake oil. He is neither holy nor hard. <laughs> a holy man would be ashamed of his lack of compassion. And a hardened man doesn't need to constantly brag about his guns. At the core of it, Eric and his hard men are just bullies. They represent everything the trash cats despise and oppose. And thus, it is our great and terrible honor to engage in this holy war. Without further ado, we officially announce our declaration of war with Eric Kahn and the Hard Men podcast. For a minimum of one year, we will continue to offer updates from the front lines. We're going to be exposing and laughing at these hard men every chance we get. And we hope you join us. Unfortunately, there's more of them than there are of us, so we're going to need your support, dear Trash Cats. It is likely to start slow, but as things unfold, we hope to offer some direct ways to aid in the war effort. But until then... We appreciate you just sticking around for the ride. Now that everything is official, I think it's time we draw first blood. We're going to take a look at the Hard Men podcast, starting with their introduction, mission statement, and then we're going to dive in to their first episode of Bullshit. <sighs> you ready? Yeah, let's fuck these hard men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Our lives turned into. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be listening to a lot of Christian bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, found a new fascination in life. What is it? Uh, <laughs> listen to it. strong bearded Christians, <laughs> insecure men that talk about their guns, violent God. God. <laughs> yes. We're listening to the Hard Men podcast, reclaiming <laughs> biblical masculinity in a world of softness. Well, welcome. This is the Hard Man Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Kahn. This is season one, episode Sounds like one, a little nerd, man. An I don't even think he has a beard. Yeah. What is this show about? His this voice sounds too clean. biblical masculinity in a world of softness. Now, a couple of things I want to do today is introduce you to the series. Okay. As well as give you a few ground rules about what you can expect topically and with format of the show. Fuck yeah. And we'll be examining voices like Jordan Peterson and Rolo Tomasi. Oh boy. <laughs> we'll to look at what the good things they have to say are, and to examine them in light of a robustly biblical perspective. Ooh. Now you might ask yourself at this point, is this podcast for men or is this podcast <laughs> for women? The simple That's answer is yes. <laughs> men will find it helpful as you're seeking to grow in masculine virtue. And I think women will find it helpful as well if you're considering what kind of man you want to be with, marry, or perhaps what kind of man you want your son to be. Oh, I'm sure. Now, if, you don't know, format, if you don't know how to make choices for yourself. <laughs> mixed with conversations that I have with interesting and informative people from all walks of life. All These walks are people with life. great insights about masculinity, whether they're a plumber, they work in a tool die shop, or they're a pastor, they have something valuable to contribute 
and I think it will prove helpful to you. Beautiful. So if you're wondering, <laughs> the, this all podcast walks is of life, plumbers, <laughs> guys that walk and work die in a tool shop. and die shop. <laughs> is this podcast for men or women? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking psycho. So that's his little intro. That's the pilot episode. It's the first episode of the Hard Men Podcast. Five minute introduction just kind of gets us into his headspace. It's all about biblical masculinity. Which is a term I hadn't heard before. Yeah, I unfortunately have. <laughs> now that we have an idea of the insanity we're dealing with here, <laughs> let's check out the first full episode titled Hard Men in a World of Softness. This episode was based on an article Eric Kahn wrote, which was the inspiration and genesis of his podcast. It was his magnum opus. That fucking psychopath. <laughs> it's what got this whole thing started. So let's listen to this first. Oh episode. boy. You're listening to the Hardman Podcast. The music is so good. <laughs> masculinity in a world of softness. <laughs> that fucking organ goes hard. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the oh, Hardman Podcast. I am your host, Eric Kahn. This is Season 1, Episode 2, oh, Hardman oh, in yeah. a World of Softness. Ooh, funky bass. <laughs> Dude, I'm fucking rock hard right now. <laughs> On this episode, I'll be sharing an experience that occurred several years ago, and that first opened my eyes to the problem of effeminacy in uh -oh. the church, and in particular, the pastorate. <laughs> All these dudes, and they're just like cool with like either not taking on wives or like. Bro, their whole thing is dominating their wives. Like I'm sure we're gonna get into it more, but this whole thing, biblical masculinity, like they want you to be a hard, strong, like single man when you're single. But the goal is to have a submissive wife that gives you as many children as you can, because they're in their mind. The more children you have for God is doing it's both a necessity and something that is considered great. It's a way to worship their God. And by not doing so, like if you were a barren woman, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, you, a, you, you need oh, to provide man. more people who can, you know, go out into the world and make money and then give that money back to the church. Yeah, so men like Eric Kahn can steal. Man. Now what we don't know, because we didn't want to get too ahead of ourselves, at this point, we don't know specifically what denomination they are. I believe they're based in Colorado. I'm pretty sure he's still currently a pastor. I think he says at some point his church, you can have a wife as a pastor, but I'm not... I'm not I, know, I know there's there's different rulings on that based on which denomination you are, Yeah, um, which is also fucking goofy. It's like who who's making these fucking rules? It's it's whatever who, pervert you put in charge. <laughs> who's the one that's like, yeah, I believe in and I'm Christian, but it's like, okay, but there's like a hundred different kinds of Christian you can choose from. Which one are you? Yeah. And like, oh, like I believe this is right because they don't eat meat on Saturdays or like they, you know, whatever dumb bullshit reason they come up with. It's because he read the Bible better than the other Christians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, two things brought about this keystone revelation. 
First, I attended a series of talks by Toby Sumter. Our boy Toby. And in them, he talked about what it means to fight the good fight. Yes. He captured the warring spirit of masculinity that is so often absent from the church. Yeah, that was sad. The other event was Reading the Grace of Shame. It really is one of the best books that I've come across in dealing with homosexuality and effeminacy in the modern church from a biblical perspective. Now, at that time, you have to keep in mind, I was pastoring a small church in the rural West, and I was also working as a freelance gun writer. <laughs> now, as I was ruminating on the topic of masculinity, I started to recognize <laughs> a trend that I'd experienced almost all my life, but I couldn't quite ever put my finger on it. Mm. It was this. It's that a majority of pastors I knew I couldn't were put my finger on the masculinity as much as I wanted to. <laughs> they pastored weren't a whole lot different. I'd attended seminary, and I'd even pastored my own church, and yet most of the Christian literature, most of the ministry of the church, somehow seemed unappealing to me. Mm. Most of it, I found, was emotionally sappy. It was oh. devotional in nature and, quite hard frankly, enough. They didn't make him feel guilt enough for his wanting to be around masculine men. My interests were in Teddy Roosevelt, in hunting with my dad and my brother, in firearms and trucks and off-roading in World but War my II dad yelled at me when I held the, the flashlight wrong the when he was fixing the car. <laughs> the movies we were watching were Braveheart and Die Hard. Love when my dad fucks me in the back of my truck. It's my favorite. Sentimental, pietistic Christianity, none of which was all that appealing as a man. Now, what happened as a result of all of this is is really what I'm driving at in this episode. Okay. I wrote a blog post, oh, shit. and I titled it Hard Men in a World of Softness. I was reflecting on everything that was going on in my mind and in the world around me. Just reflecting on I hard men. I published it on my website, ericcon.com. That's E-R-I-C-C-O-N. <laughs> nice plug. Attaboy. Now, when I wrote it, I was pastoring a small church in rural Colorado. Oh, it was rural, you I said? didn't expect much of a response. My following on the website wasn't that big, maybe 100 people per day, depending on how often I was posting. But the original posting in February of 2018 received quite a bit more traffic than anything I was used to, something like 10,000 page views in a month. And I first said to myself, this has to be a bigger issue. Obviously, other people see what the problem is. They seem to be resonating. But it wasn't until this guy's a psych. He's so She's talking about time. website views so far. <laughs> yeah, so let me let's pause for a second. The thing, the thing that we I mean, kind of mostly what we've been doing while we're listening here is like we are we're mostly making fun of him as an individual, um, which yeah, sure. typically, depending on what you're making fun of. Um, you know, I, I can feel either one way or about, (laughs) but in in his case, I I think it gets a pass, but I I think the important part we're we're getting to where just the, the, how big of a piece of shit this guy is. I don't know. I I feel like we're, we're, we're making little like small jabs at him at the goofy things that he says. But it's important to not lose focus. Because this is all building up to – I mean, this is really him just setting the stage on who he is, right? Yeah. This is – this this, it's very funny to listen to, but it's very real, and that's the part that sucks. It, it all leads to his justification of why he hates sissified pastors, which 
he bizarrely keeps going back to. Why he thinks violence should be done for God. Why he hates gay people and finds them to be cowards and infers cowards should be handled with violence. Why he hates and thinks women should be dominated. It's the the foundations of his worldview that he's just setting up. And we're just getting the little pieces of it now. But this is what his whole worldview will be built upon. And at... Towards the beginning, he mentioned, I think it was called the, the the hymn of shame or the gospel of shame. That's one of these lines that is from, I believe it's a friend of his who wrote a book, and it's it's called like How to Love the Homosexuals for God. And it's a, a title that's, it's something along those lines that's made to seem like a book about how to be inclusive to mm-hmm. other gay Christians, and in the intro and throughout the whole book, it is just um, <laughs> one of the most biblically homophobic hate gay people books I've, I've ever seen. And, um, he, you know, his favorite little prayer that he stands by basically justifies violence against them. So all these things, he sounds just like a nerdy beard boy from the, from the country that loves God, but there there's a lot more nefarious things at play. There's a lot of there's a lot of nefarious things hiding behind that insecurity you hear. Do you know what's under his beard? <laughs> what's that? It's a smaller beard. <laughs> <laughs> he tapes he tapes on his big beard every morning. <laughs> I was gonna say his dad's dick, but <laughs> <laughs> When his dad gets too tired, sometimes he just uses the gun to fuck him. But, you know, that's just what you do in a Ford truck. That's how it feels to drive a Ford F-150. But it got even bigger than that. And within a month, over 200,000 people nice. had come to the site to look at that post. In other words, my eyesight seemed What's to be confirmed. Happening? It turns out I'm not the only one concerned about the dismal state of masculinity in a world in which real men have been neutered. Can you imagine being a guy that cares about masculinity? Like what other men are doing? It's so strange. To give a fuck about what other, exactly what other dudes are doing. It really was much of the impetus for this podcast. Several years ago, I was at a gathering with a group of church leaders who came from around the country. It was a hell of an orgy. Many of them came from major <laughs> metropolitan areas. There's missionary and <laughs> everywhere. Just all missionary. Right so hard after. Yeah. Now, as an elder from a town of only a few thousand people, I was also working as an editor in a gun magazine. And it's because he wouldn't take his holster off like during the orgy. Someone had brought for show and tell. Sure, they'd seen my face. Oh, well, I mean, it was over the clothes. <laughs> exploits, firearms, and dead animals that regularly appear in my feed. I'm not going to lie, I'm a hunter. But to them, I was more like the Tasmanian devil. Oh. They'd seen and maybe read about me in books, but many of them seemed to be That's shocked so to find weird, a living specimen. You could feel Who the says that about themselves? <laughs> fucking psychopath. Oh my god! One church leader asked me incredulously, well, "When you go hunting and you you kill this animal, do you, you know, take its skin off and like remove the organs?" 
When I answered in the affirmative, there was a little bit of shock. <laughs> Some of the men in the room were manly men, and it didn't surprise them at all, but others issued a collective gasp. This is like bad fan, fan fiction. Yeah, this is that's exactly what this reads like. Very exactly bizarre. They thought their steaks and their hamburgers came from. It really was a clash of cultures as we met during that event. Now, this would be outright libel and slander. <laughs> But I'm going to preface, I don't believe him. I true, I, I'm like, going which to, part? <laughs> I can't imagine any legitimate pastor, even at a church that's kind of weird in a rural area, where all the men are in gasp and awe of him for hunting. Now, yeah, yeah. I could see him being some gun writer who writes some random, you know, online content about a new gun slide that comes out. But I haven't done too much deep digging. I've seen pictures of him. Um, they have a YouTube channel that they have some of their interview episodes on. But I'm very skeptical if his past is legitimate at all. It it feels phony. I just I don't think his life is what he claims it is. Well, one way or another. So I'll leave it it's gonna say there's there's that like surface level lie shit, or I think there's probably a lot more going on about like the way that he actually feels about things. Yeah. That they're very much in question that he needs to figure some shit out uh, about many different topics, but now I'll, I'll even play, I'll throw this little beard dog a bone, all right? Have you seen the latest stats about men graduating from college? I have not. They're interesting. So, for the last 10, 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. There's been an awesome, very good, very cool move of embracing women being more independent, having closer to equal opportunity in the professional world, and just respecting people for being people opposed to just their sex. There's been a, a change in our lifetime of how, I don't know, uh, the differences between sex and gender yeah. or whatever. Fair. And for part of that, for for good reason, but maybe to a bad extent, people tend to make fun of men a lot, and white men particularly. Now, mm -hmm. this is different than in the past, and some of it may very well be merited, but there is going to be problems. And in response to this shift in the narrative, a lot of men have become very especially lonely men who are lacking confidence or success, money, or just having a partner. Uh, a lot of these men are very defensive of this and have leaned into this masculinity, the, the red pill internet content, mm -hmm. this whole thing of men's rights advocacy, because they don't feel men in the modern day are getting the respect they deserve. Yeah. Now, what Eric Kahn does is just a twist on this, where his justification 
is through the Bible. So it's biblical masculinity. But I will say there are some legitimate concern. If you were, I don't give a fuck, but if you were uh, an economicist, right? Mm -hmm. Someone who, who studies this shit on the effects of the economy and the change of our roles in society. The latest data on college graduation stuff, for, for the first time, more women are graduating college than men. That's never happened before. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a, that's a good thing, yeah. right? Or, or it's, it's not, just it's like not, a it's swing. It's not inherently a bad thing. Right. Yeah. The problem is, is the estimations are in the next 10 to 20 years, the estimates are to the point that it may be two or three women graduating per each man. Okay. In, in the last five years, the average woman's income has stayed the same proportionally, mm -hmm. which, you know, it, we want all wage on average to go up, but it's about stayed the same. The average man's income has gone down by nearly 20%. So less men are graduating by a lot, and men are making a lot less money. Now, no one's going to give a fuck about this until it becomes a real problem and when women are having trouble finding men that they feel match their level to have a relationship because typically we try to find partners on a similar level. So right now, no one gives a fuck about men's advocacy shit. Yeah. I, I certainly don't. Right. But, but there is this shift in the balance right now. And I'm not saying it shouldn't happen or isn't merited or whatever, but I think a lot of men do see elements of this and they are hand handling it extremely poorly. Yeah. Such I, as Eric. Yeah. I, I, I think that, I don't know. I feel like that data that you gave it, I think that's like, there might be something there, but I, I feel like that's mostly a nothing sandwich. Dude, I feel when you like think of the whole mostly US something economy. That, like, if, you, if you look at it in the way of like, okay, um, instead of looking at it as like men and women separately and look at it in, in age brackets, People. what other, you know, what other details are there? Um, if you look at it in did go to college versus didn't go to college and in, in age brackets there, you know, you know, the, the, the income there, I think there's a lot of other variables that you can take away other than taking these two, you know, seemingly related stats and using those to conflate it, an argument. It's much more than that, though. The, the, this is an argument I'm not passionate about, but if mm -hmm. you, the economicists and social study people, like... They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. The, there is a major concern with depopulation, and, and it's still kind of yet to be seen how much it matters, but if we look at uh, China and Japan, they are really struggling because they are not at their peak population. People are having less kids because it's too economically difficult. Now, the theory is, and this is how it, my understanding of how it actually plays out, the less people a country has, 
the less efficiently we tend to feed the population. So if we have 100 million new residents, little babies that grow up the next generation than the previous, our country, in theory, does a lot better. And for every modern country, this, this is typically how it plays out. It's, it's more efficient to have more workers that can make more things. Like when you have less people, it takes mm-hmm. more resources to get things done. Sure. So when you talk about the average man making 25% less in five years, that that is like really, really bad. That is the result of addiction, uh, deaths of despair, lack of education, lack of trust in our establishments. Mm-hmm. It shows women are willing on average to do the work, to go to college, to study, to achieve things a lot more, the, almost by two to one than the average young man today. And the argument that a men's right activist would have is that they are less they yes. are less inclined to, you know, men are today are less inclined to do that extra work because they are feeling emasculated. Yes. And and whatever. Okay. Stepped on by okay. women, by society. And oh, who doesn't like to get stepped on? Come on. <laughs> True. They'll, they'll even go farther. You know, of course, when women aren't equal to men in their eyes, and th- this is all like borderline conspiracy shit. This is the government keeping you down. This is the lack. Typically, the big one is this is the lack of faith and belief in men today that has led to this moral decay. Mm-hmm. But my point is, is there are some real concerns, like professors, uh, people that study this shit, like there are worries about depopulation and change in what different people are interested. All, all of those aspects, some of that is legit, but the response by people like Eric is is absolute insanity and making things so much worse. Their, their message to these men is to basically conquer women and pray your way to the top while you, you got your gun in your hand. And if you see someone that's uh, morally deficient and meets your whatever definition that you need to do justified violence against, then you should, by God. Mm-hmm. But I'm just kind of devil's advocating that some of the things that precipitate the crazy beliefs have some grounding in reality, but it's the delusion of where they take it. I call it shaky at best. I'm telling you that there are real concerns. It's just... I don't think they're worthy to be called concerns yet. You don't think it's a concern that men are making 25%? Think of how many less families are supported. How how many more people struggle to feed well, their Well, yeah, families. I can see that. But what I'm saying is that's not something that you can draw to a conclusion of this is why. It's like, obviously, yeah, yeah, people should yeah. make more money. Sure. And I, I think the comparison of, you know, uh, um, you know the, the stats of – having the the men versus women earning thing like when you start like comparing those stats together like that makes it like you're missing the point it's like people if you're saying people in general are making less money like yes that's that's a concerning thing um and, i don't you know, even know a if, thing to look at but I, to I, be honest i don't know on average if people are making 
that much less money. I, that might very well be true. I just don't know. But it is kind of a problem that a lot of young men, the ones who typically are the ones to do the most violence, are not going to college and not getting jobs and supporting themselves and their families by 25% less. But by the you way, know, I'm going to throw out my stats are probably not exactly accurate. I was going to say, there, there's these that, are the plus, trends. Th- there's also the question of like, of what does that mean with inflation? What does that mean with, you know, uh, um, means a know, lot of people, the, the housing market being absolutely buck wild. And, you know, uh, the rates of payment are still the same. Like there's so many things that like, are they basing that just strictly on a yearly income situation? Like, but what we is can't, that? we can't say it's not an issue at all. I'm not saying it has oh, to yeah, be. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone should be making more money. hundred percent. Yeah. Their conversations revealed a world of high thread count shirts, expensive private tuitions. <laughs> about spending that money on tuition, dog. Performances that I'd never even heard of. Now, my world was colliding as one of diesel exhaust, coal miners, and callous hands. It was filled with bloody work from ranching or Here's hunting. Here's the thing. When your hands are too callous, you can't jack off for your dad. Or it just hurts long, a lot more. Frankly, in the small town he was serving, That's how you get a rash down there. In my mind. He had it's called a god bump? He had a hard time connecting with the people of the rural community. And more than that, there was a particular disdain as he... He described things like country music, lifted trucks, and the sea of blaze orange every fall as people came to hunt. It wasn't just that those weren't his interests. That would have been fine. It was the disdain. Oh, Something he's talking about us. Yeah, he's talking about us. That's a, that dawned on me too. <laughs> I just think hunting is so gross and stupid, he said. Base. Why can't you just buy your food at the grocery Not store base. just like everyone else? <laughs> I'm never going to do it. I, I, I refuse. It's almost as dumb as country music. <laughs> true. true. That is true, admit, actually. You could Except hear the Hank revulsion Williams. and the effeminate range in his voice. He'd rather be in his office vaping, listening to esoteric music, <laughs> meditating on obscure and grandiose theology, which he did, Busted. than be standing on the fence line shooting with one of his people. He got me good. Soft men despise those who are hard. It led me to ask a question, which I've been asking for several years now. How is it that our seminaries and churches and so much of Christendom are somehow attracting and training effeminate Ooh. pastors. You take a look around the modern church. What a church weird take where he claims other soft rate. pastors. Why is mm-hmm. it that our Christian institutions in the very fabric of what they do seem to be so skilled at turning out theologically precise men with softness as their crowning virtue? I'm a virtue. big beefy pastor you know, I can go hunting with. with. My seminary friends, and they Haunt me, long, father. Long camping... <laughs> Long camping trips with my beefy pastor friend. Others, however, will say, but what's wrong with that? They speak softly, they play softly, and they avoid hardness. At <laughs> Oftentimes, they don't deal with sin in the church. They don't initiate in leadership. They're slow to take responsibility. And in one case, I knew a pastor who had to be prodded by his wife to prepare oh. for sermons or do the regular work of the ministry. He was like a little boy. At times when he didn't do his work, his wife would put him in his chair and make him think about what he's done. You think I'm joking, but I'm not. Again, why are so we mad. so good so at attracting mad. men to the pulpit and then sending them out, and those men are soft? 
It's little wonder there are people dumb who are feminine. Boys. There are churches are mainly attractive to women and mainly filled with women. <laughs> When so many of our shepherds lack the stones to model biblical hard masculinity. So often what we find in the pulpit is men who preen and obsess over their appearance. Why are we talking about pastel dress shirts and overpriced macchiatos? The world I came from... Hey man, no one wants to pay $7 for a macchiato. Get the fuck out of here. Our lives were filled with hard days of physical labor. The disdain just but drips off him. <laughs> he hates anything effeminate in his mind so much. Against a pair of Carhartt overalls. They were somehow polarizing and different. It was as though learning and labor were mutually exclusive. It's like an AI talking about manly things. <laughs> the worst part is it's not that he just hates the, the effeminate thing. It's he hates it on other people. True. It made me ask the question, why has the limp-wristed poetry-writing therapist in a sweater vest, that's the picture of the pastorate that we have, but why has that replaced the biblical picture? The flesh-and-blood shepherding ranch hand upon which Christ actually modeled our ministry. <laughs> you think of all the early disciples, and most of them were tradesmen. They spent lifetimes working with their hands. They were what we'd call man's men, real men, hard men. But another question that I started to ask was this. Why can't we talk about these things in the church without being called bigoted or insensitive? One of the things I've noticed is I've had this conversation with men. Many of them will tell me in sort of the together for the gospel, gospel coalition bent, well, why don't we just keep things central on the gospel? Why do we even need to talk about biblical sexuality? True. What does that have to do with the substitutionary atonement of Christ? What does and it have to do with that? I expound on that. Christ came as a man, and that's not insignificant. Christ came on More a man? questions Gross. were forming in my mind, like these. How is it that these soft pastors come to despise men like myself and so many other blue-collared... <laughs> is it because I'm the, the asshole? No. Shift men, many of whom are slightly overweight, farm strong, the kind of men you know know how to take and to give a life. Nice. Why is the pastor pitted against these men? And Real killers. Sort of an animosity between the two groups. Well, it's little wonder that real men are repulsed by what they find in the church. Real men got splinters in their dick every day. Every day. Drag their dick on the way to church. Surely it can't be any surprise that the sissified pastoral model so often hit my dick with my truck again. Not again. To spot an imposter. <laughs> we shouldn't be shocked that, after all, having shaped our ministers in the hands of effeminate potters, the very men who preside over Still seminaries will here. come out of the kiln looking soft and, most of all, repulsive to real men. But at least they know how to dress and strut like a peacock in the pulpit. Pretty pastors. pattern for God's pastors. Where did God find them and how did God train them? Here's a quote from The Grace of Shame. Oh, here, here we go. Prophets don't dress themselves softly. They don't have an effeminate bearing. They don't dress and talk and carry themselves like women. Prophets aren't gay. John the Baptist was a man's man. And men this is who supposed to be a prayer. God, yeah. imitate him. Like John the Baptist, violent men will take the kingdom of heaven by force. What a great quote. <laughs> 
It's just like so wild. Oh, fucking Jesus. Jesus. I was going to say, it's the the complete lack of self-awareness, Yeah, I think, is – that's the thing that bugs me the most because, like, you really – it's hard to get anything through to somebody who's just out in fucking La La Land and just spouting shit off at the mouth without, like, considering the options and considering what it really means and how it really affects them. And, like, well, why does this get you angry? Why does this make you upset? Kind yeah. Of thing. And it's like, well, it just does. It's just wrong. It's like, but Why? Because God said so. Because God was... said so. And I read it in, they read it to me in the book when I was a kid. And Do you know my, everything in books are true? And my daddy <laughs> was nice to me, so now I have a problem with all these other dudes. So now i got to stay hard all day. Yeah. It's, it's always so interesting, too, the people that hate, whether it's gay or whatever they hate, they end up showing so much of themselves. Like the constant gay imagery while talking about how much, here's the thing. I always, always will respect someone a hundred times more when they're honest about what they believe. Mm -hmm. If someone's like, hey, I hate gay people. Like, you fucking suck, but I can deal with that. When there's a, when there's the level of deception of hiding how you truly feel mm -hmm. by using other people's quotes, by constantly getting right up to the point of saying you hate them, but just... Going back just a little bit, the the biblical strength to, <laughs> to not truly speak your mind. It's cowardice. Yeah, I agree with that. I just don't understand. Like, it, it's the same thing with, um, like, the... <laughs> this is a shitty example, but I respect the outright Nazi over the the faux Nazi. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, I I respect the person who puts the damn swastika on their truck, more than <laughs> gets it tattooed on their fucking forehead. Yeah, than the person who like hides it in their bedroom and just posts eighty eight online. Like the and the reason why is is solely because when you don't know what someone truly believes, they can they can slither and wiggle out of the truth. Yeah, it, it's you can't change or make help or even argue with someone unless they're willing to tell you what they truly believe and we'll see throughout throughout these episodes throughout the people he talks to what he truly believes is that gay people and women are not equal to him and other women. That, that's basically what it all boils down to and it's all because his interpretation of god says so and and because of that if you want to be a true man of God, then you need to be willing to do violence. And he's too much of a coward to straight up say that and declare who and why and when to do the violence to. That's what I don't understand. It's such, such pussy shit. Like, just yeah. say it. That's oh, the, my God. Here's the thing that it kind of – this kind of spurs me in a way that it's like if this guy has a right to – you know, have his podcast and say the things that he feels and thinks and, you know, share the the opinions of his friends who share and think these really just bad opinions, then that's all the more reason of why more people like us should also have a podcast or have some kind of a way to 
Absolutely. Share something just to, you know, offset that just a little bit. Just a little bit. Everyone should maximize their voice as much as possible in whatever way they see fit. And if the way you say see fit is by attacking a uh, Christian men's rights podcast, then, you know, maybe that's a good way to do it. And if not, join us on the journey. Yeah. <laughs> now, at one point, as I said in the introduction, I had attended a recent pastor's conference. The orgy. And I sat down mentioned. with oh, yeah, Tim yeah, Bailey, yeah. one of the pastors The over-the-clothes orgy. <laughs> who made an interesting observation that stuck with me. It was about rural life, animal husbandry, and animal husbandry? sort of the hunting and pastoral work what the fuck that I was doing. Tim said, Eric, give me a man that knows how to take a life, who understands the seriousness of that act, and who can pull the trigger without sentiment. We need more of that from our pastors and in our churches. As Tim pointed out, the shepherd's work requires both gentle arms, a man cautiousness for the wolves in our midst. So don't hear me wrong. Oh my god. He's calling for mercenary pastors, and once again... Too spineless to say it himself. Anytime he calls for violence, he used the quote from Toby. <laughs> Fucking Toby. <laughs> he can't even say it himself. Oh my God. He just said pastors need to have the conviction to know when to pull the trigger, <laughs> how to take a life. God, can you just imagine his idea of the perfect pastor, preacher? It would be like the Terminator. In the <laughs> Fucking Robocop. <laughs> What a psycho piece of shit. I, I always find it insanely interesting when religion works in violence because it, it seems like such a blatant contradiction to everything else they should believe. I just don't understand how you can mix the two while on one hand proclaiming Jesus loves everyone, we should love people as he did, you know, all the various things that or downstream of that love and worship for God. And then mm. on the other hand, kill the people who don't believe. Yeah. Kill the people who aren't faithful. <laughs> it's just, it just reeks of deception. I just, yeah. I don't. Oh, it's like that Scientology thing where like you, what you're like, the level that you're in on like, your thetan level yeah yeah exactly so like you start when you first get into the church like you're you're into and the they, they say the church very yeah. loosely uh with scientology the when you get into the cult and they give you like this is what the uh, scientology is all system. about this is what yeah. we do and this is what it's all about and it's like real kind of like vague base level thing and then like you gotta like be in there for a while before you hear about money you know xenu and shit like that yep. apparently that was like the main reason that like the scientologists were pissed with uh, south park was yeah because like that was the thing like they were making money off of people like trying to get to that point that they could learn that episode was actually a huge deal because that was the first time it went public so the the scoop behind that is there was the final levels uh, of the thetans or scientology whatever that no one had reached prior to uh, isn't it hubbard yeah l ron hubbard dying and no one had reached them and then upon his death the like top council people had access to those the golden slates and all that shit that uh they literally have all the Scientology top secret stuff engraved on gold plates in a nuclear style facility of unknown location that will be there 
it, it's like to the point if there are uh, a nuclear world ending situation, there will be two Scientologists that slowly die off in this nuclear bunker with all the golden plates of Scientology. Cool. And so upon his death, the final levels of Scientology are revealed and it's meeting Xenu, the space dog god, that alien thing. And it had a devastating effect on the church when people found out these things because they thought it was going to be increasingly more. And it felt very phony and fake and it like it was never supposed to be revealed. And uh, downstream from that, a lot of big people left the church. Also, I mentioned Tom Cruise. I think the last year or so, he left the church at Scientology. Oh, did he finally? He did. That that was a big blow. Mm-hmm. They've actually had a lot of big blows recently, but they're staying strong. But it is the, the level system, the money system. I forget how we got to this, but di- different uh, flavors of yeah. Psycho, for sure. <laughs> we made it 20 seconds before we had to pause again. <laughs> Before he said some <laughs> radical shit. But being biblically hard doesn't mean you're a jerk. It doesn't mean that you're rude to women. That's not what I'm saying. But it does mean that the pastorate is bloody, messy, manly work. And there's oh, something I'm just, I'm just kind of saying, I'm insinuating that. I'm not saying it. I'm insinuating. And the tenderness. <laughs> Yet it's unsentimental, almost completely. It's not pretty, it's bloody. It's messy, it's difficult. It requires a man's body and a man's mind. It's just something that many in our skinny jeans culture can't stomach. I, it was the same with skinny jeans culture. I feel like he's a troll, yes, dude. It's hard to believe this. It is really, it really is. Lions with his bare hands in the defense of sheep. Well, that was what prepared him for the larger battles against God's enemies. The manner of David shepherding is hardly the stuff that our video game generation of boys with beards can even fathom. Consider what First Samuel seventeen thirty four to thirty six. It reminds says. me of Tobias David, from Arrested Development, where it's oh, like he has no idea of the shit that's coming out of his, his mouth. Father. Yeah. And when there came a that's lion funny. or a bear, and it took a lamb from the flock, I went after him, and I struck him, and I delivered it out of his mouth. <laughs> and if he arose against me, Dude, I caught him. Dude, it just sounds gross. When <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you love bad. that man? David caught the lion by the beard, by the balls. and he struck him, and he killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine. He was talking about Goliath. I killed that lion like with my manhood. Yeah, was bloody. The living God. I don't know about you. If they can survive getting hit by a Ford truck, then you know. A lion ain't doing shit. He didn't invite Goliath to have a... A warm, friendly conversation. Well, let's just air our disagreements. Let's have a cup of tea. I feel like this is a 13-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be nice. No, David grabbed the lion by the beard, and he killed it. That's what the church is missing, (laughs) especially when it comes to the pastor. Lion killing. Now what the church needs is hard men. Men of principle. Lion killers, bro. Men who pursue bro. their own godliness with holy Do you even violence. kill lions? Men who run into <laughs> burning buildings lions, when bro? everyone else is running out. What we especially need in the pastorate are men who act like men. Who actively repent of their sufferings. Do you pay a significant sum of money to shoot kind of sedated animals in Africa? <laughs> Again, quoting... You're now a man. Shame, and we'll close with this. Or a dentist. <laughs> Soft is not what God made man to be. When you look at man's sexual organ and you consider the simple truth that godliness for man means living in obedience to his body, 
That's a concept, by the way, we're going to return to during this season. Oh, don't worry. We're going to talk more about looking at man's manhood. Obedience to your sex and to your body. We're going to unpack that. Continuing with the quote, Dude, he he's says, literally his talking about how hard. important it is to stay That's a man's body. to keep his your dick hard. And take yeah, initiative and <laughs> like actual responsibility. And this is the reason soft men will not enter the kingdom of God. He's a pervert. He's a gooner. <laughs> he's a apps. I'm a gooner. He's a pervert. <laughs> Actually, I'm a pervert too. He's, but he's a worse one. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's worried about how other people are gooning. <laughs> they are in rebellion against God and who he made them to be. Well, thanks for listening to the Hard Men Podcast. I hope it's been beneficial to you, and I hope that it piques your interest for more of the topics that we'll deal oh, with we're peaked, in upcoming brother. episodes. For more on the topic of masculinity and biblical sexuality, <laughs> be sure to check out my website. I think Eric the important part is that... <laughs> I, I think, here's the thing, he's a service top. He wants to get you hard. He wants you to get hard, Stephen. <laughs> on his terms. On his terms, but... Uh, on the corpse know, of a lion. It's a, <laughs> over the corpse of a lion. It's a, you know, a sadomasochism thing, you know, it's a, but, you know. What if this really was just, like, all deep fetish play for his, like, kink? Oh, man. The fucking joke's on us. Egg on our face. (laughs) Come on our face. (laughs) On social media or the website, you can leave a comment, send a message, let me know what you're thinking. Oh, we will, Eric (laughs) Kahn. Yeah, bring that organ in back. Stay frosty. Stay frosty. Stay frosty. We got the military. Dude, my Frozen cold. He interviews an L.A. sheriff. He interviews military men. He interviews all kinds of people that our society trusts to walk around with guns and defend people equally while they just talk about how they hate women and gay people. Oh, cool. Yeah. I can't wait for this. It's It builds, man. I, I mean, he's still a little timid. You can hear him shaking in his big... Pastor Boots. He's a little nervous still. He's just getting his uh his hard masculinity together publicly for the first time. But he's gonna grow in to those boots and he's gonna get so fucking hard. He's gonna have all con he's gonna slowly become emboldened with the power of Christ to say all kinds of reckless things. Or at least get other men to say it for him. Mm-hmm. That, that's what's yeah. really interesting. He has to get other men to say his points a lot. He has the energy of a guy who had this blog that he uploaded. He like got a website and he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a thing. I'm gonna say something about this." <laughs> and he made got his website together, and he he, he you know post made, made a couple posts and then realized like, you know what, I should do like this is getting a little bit of traction. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make write a book. I'm gonna do an audio book. And then I'm going to like, and, and realize like, okay, that's not going to, I don't have enough material. I can't really turn all these posts into a book, but you know, if I just read it on a, on a, on a podcast, you know, that's the next best thing. He has the narration kind of thing. Like he's, like he's trying to start an audio book. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to our boy, Eric, this was, I mean, this whole episode was literally just reading his, the the Genesis article for this podcast. So this is his true mission statement. This is the start of it all. And then it builds from here 
is when he kind of jumps more into the normal podcast um, structure mm-hmm. that he spends a lot of time with other men talking about how to be hard for God. So. Yeah. Talking about how hard they can all get at the same time. And- <laughs> how God likes it, how they do it bet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Classic, classic stuff. I just, I truly hate this man. Yeah, he's, he so sucks much. a lot. <laughs> Here's the thing. Guys like this, I'll be the first one to say, I am not the hardest or toughest man, but I am more tenacious. I will come back every day and get my ass whooped, and I will... <laughs> I will... I, I will literally... <laughs> And the thing is, he's probably a lot bigger, more beardy, has all of his guns and knows how to use them, but he's he's just a fucking loser. He's just a loser. Like, men who do this thing of telling other men, women, whatever, telling other people how to live are not strong men. Yeah. They're weak. They, they can't, he can't think for himself. He has to read an old book and be not only a participant, but a... Uh, disseminator of a terrible ideology to learn how to to have his own convictions it, it's pathetic yeah i i, I guess said earlier there's you Where can hear <laughs> you can hear so much of the insecurity and it it does it makes it you know almost sad um, it is a little sad but, but it, it it goes to show that like these like it's like you said he's he's obviously he's not strong he's not strong-willed in his convictions he's not strong-willed in himself but by projecting this image it might make him feel that way and like he's trying to to gain semblance of that but it's just through ignorance and sadness and that's sucks and uh you know hopefully we can educate him i don't Want to educate him. <laughs> it's not our duty to educate, be responsible for his education. <laughs> that is the worst line. I like, but I, I want to punish him. It's a, it's a reality check. Like, yeah. In general, most people are not used to, to hearing any pushback at all. And um, <laughs> do you hear Sarah? No. It's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's bib- biblical masculinity. She's a true Christian. <laughs> this is fun though. Uh, so I think the game plan from here on out, at some point, we're not ready yet because we are putting ourselves out there a little bit, a little bit of risk factor for us we've talked about. Mm-hmm. But uh, we will eventually send Eric Khan an official declaration of war email. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not going to keep this secret forever, but... For a little bit, we want to build up some material. We want to dive in deeper. Maybe he turns us all around. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe we come back next week and we're like, oh man, we were wrong about our boy Eric. He's <laughs> he's op- he's opened our eyes. He showed us the light. <laughs> and and if anyone's worried, like this isn't their thing so much, we're not gonna quit our regular content. This is just gonna be a side project. Every once in a while, we're gonna do a full episode or listen or whatever. But we're gonna keep doing what we know. We're not gonna let. This loser dictate what we do. We just do whatever's fun. And right now this is fun. And we'll probably keep listening in the background and give uh, occasional updates from the front lines. And every mm-hmm. once in a while we're, we're feeling uh, impassioned. We'll, we'll dig a little deeper like today. But 
We got we got some other stuff cooking too. Hell yeah. Appreciate you guys. Our dear trash cats, thank you. Any final thoughts? Uh no, I think I think I, I think I've thought enough for the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I'll just say from the both of us, you know, we're not threatened by hard men. No. And we'll be coming around to another episode of the Hard Men podcast soon. <laughs> In the meantime, Eric Khan, don't forget to wash that cum out of your beard. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. See you guys next week. Appreciate you, dear trash cat. Do Valhalla and Chrome our war cats roam? Come hard, come fast, your god eats ass. <laughs> Thanks again for listening, everybody. Thank you to Approaching Human for the use of his music. You can find his work on SoundCloud at Approaching-Human. Thanks, John. Make sure to check out the show page at Trash Cats Trash Casts on Instagram for news and art from the show. Check out Facebook for the memes. For the memes. If you're super bored, you can check out my trashy anti-Christian art on Instagram at SkyZixEskewazius. Super soft, super effeminate vibes. Yeah, we got some cool stuff coming up. We have a... Uh, a little look at some writing by one of my actual favorite people, Sam Harris, writing about torture, about defending torture, which is something quite contrary to his typical beliefs. Uh, but he makes a very good argument uh, during during wartime. He wrote this paper that's had a lot of criticism. It's very interesting. But since we're going to war, I think it's uh, appropriate we talk about uh, le- possible <laughs> defense or legitimacy of torture. Um, you know, just familiarize ourselves with torture, you know, just, just a little bit. Just update <laughs> ourselves on the G- Geneva Convention. <laughs> Where are we spread on that still? Are we, are we, is it cool now? Are we, everything are but we chemical gases and biological warfare is on the Ooh, table. Ooh, is that water still a little hot? Ooh, let me just, uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> we got a couple other art things coming up too, but, um, yeah, fun stuff ahead. Appreciate you guys sticking around. That's going to be all for us today. Stay classy, eat trashy. Go fast, eat trash. Your God eats ass. <laughs> <laughs>